0: It's great to experience different things. Hard things are what make us. They give us character. They build our character. But we are tougher, and that is the point of these challenges, these obstacles. They are so we can prove to ourselves how tough we are. Welcome to Running is
1: Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host. Dr. Wita L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast episode 31. Welcome Lonnie Woods. She is a native of Los Angeles, California. She is a single mother of two very active and competitive kids. She has a diverse background in health care and services. Her love for the health industry started very young. She has worked as an EMT caregiver and in diagnostic medical imaging. Lonnie is currently in completion of her Bachelor of Science and diagnostic medical sonography. She knew while facing difficulties growing up in poverty and not having access to a lot of resources and activities to promote physical and mental health, she knew she had the resilience to overcome. Lonnie used her passion for physical fitness as a coping mechanism for her depression. This helped as she went through a toxic abusive relationship and also served as a bonding tool for her family. Lonnie started a podcast called Unrelenting Humans After Suffering a Complex Leg Injury to empower other athletes to share their stories of resilience and how they cope mentally while living with injuries and other impairments. After starting that podcast, she saw that there was not much diversity in endurance sports and started another podcast with Coach Solomon called Black with Endurance. I had the great pleasure of being a guest on their show. Lonnie has also established a nonprofit to help athletes in underserved communities have access to resources that they need to participate in sports. It is the hope that this will stimulate their full potential in sports, community, and life. She is also going to be a contestant on the next Ninja Warriors.
0: So welcome again. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I was excited for this interview. (laughs)
1: I'm excited too. So let's start with, how did you get your passion for physical fitness? I know you started as a
0: coping mechanism for you when you were
1: a child.
0: My passion, I guess it's a given. I I started running to cope with depression before I knew I even had depression because growing up poor basically and not having many friends, I was just lonely and always mad. And I just realized that running helped me to feel better. So I just used to get whenever I get mad, I just run. <laughs> and that's how it started. Then when I got older, I had started like get going to the gym and trying different things ultimately. And I always just liked feeling the feeling when I would get done working out and knowing that I was working towards being healthy. I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I was going to the gym playing on machines and stuff, but I felt good doing it. And I don't think my passion, my true, true passion for it came until later, to be honest, um, after I, I had my kids and I wanted to be active with them as well. So I don't know. <laughs> I am like, I'm trying to think. So Ultimately, my family is very unhealthy. Like most of the women in my family are overweight and the men are also unhealthy and alcoholics. And I just knew I didn't want to be like that. So overall, it was my passion for my health more than actual fitness that fueled me. And I wanted my kids to have someone to look at a role model. I didn't want them to look at me and see the drunk or the person stuffing themselves with a bag of donuts or
1: something like that. So it sounds like it was a combination of you wanted to feel better and you not repeating, I guess your your family that you saw. Yeah, I'm breaking the cycle. My mother was not the healthiest person. I used to call her like a walking pharmacy. She had everything. So I don't want to take medicines when I I don't want diabetes. I don't want to have high blood pressure. I don't want none of none of that. Right, I can relate. The doctor
0: visits every week. (laughs) Yeah. So what drew you to OCR or obstacle course racing? Obstacle course racing was an accident. I've always done, like, try to be active with my kids. So we would go hiking and we would do like one 5K a month. What people, no one has ever asked me in um, other interviews. We always would do a 5K, like the bubble run, the color run, and glow run, whatever it is. And that's how we would stay active and going hiking. But as I got older, you know, I started trying to find other things to do, like to have a goal to work towards. And I wanted to get into bodybuilding. I saw like some of my friends were figure competitors and I was like, huh, you know, I'm thin, I could do that. But I wasn't really into the whole strict eating and I don't like being the idea of being judged like Mm -hmm. by something I, I can't control. Like it's not because of my abilities. I'm not being you know, credited for that. I'm being judged by what these judges think. Like, if they don't like something about my body, then I get deducted. So that wasn't really the way to go. But I was at a a fitness expo, checking out the bodybuilding competitions and getting some, you know, free uh, stuff and <laughs> taking pictures <laughs> with the influencers. And I saw the Spartan Expo series and. The first time I saw it, I was intimidated by it. I just looked at people doing it and I was like, oh, my God, like I can never do that.
1: What was so intimidating about it?
0: Seeing like military men doing it. And I just thought I couldn't do that. Like, uh -uh, that's too beast mode. And then at the next fitness expo I went to, I went early in the morning and nobody was there yet, but it was there. And it was in this big arena kind of by itself. And there was nobody there to compete with, nobody really watching. And I just asked them if I could try it. And they're like, sure, just sign up. And you know, I signed up and I tried it and the girl just kind of walked me through it. And well, she was supposed to be walking me through it, but she basically just recorded me. And I was like going through all the obstacles that I thought were hard, but they were actually, it just felt like being a kid again, like going to the playground and playing on the monkey bars and jumping over a wall or whatever, climbing a fence like we used to do when we were kids. And then that lit like a fire where I just wanted to do it again. And so I had to sign up for an actual race after that.
1: So you signed up for a race and that's, you were committed.
0: Yeah. I signed up for a race. I tried to get other people to sign up and nobody would go with me. And it was crazy. Cause I, I used to do, not do a lot of things because no one would do it with me. So at that at that fitness expo that I was at, I actually was supposed to be there with a bunch of other ladies. Like we were supposed to go and they all stood me up and I was there by myself, (laughs) which if I wouldn't have been by myself, I wouldn't have never tried that more than likely. And so I'm happy that that happened. And so then I ended up having to go to this race, the Spartan race by myself. And at that time I didn't have a car. So I took the train from I had to go from my house to like downtown LA and then get on a different train and go all the way to Anaheim, which isn't that far. But again, I was by myself and I completed that by myself, but the traveling time took more than the actual race took. So I was like a little disappointed, like Mm -hmm. it didn't last longer. So you enjoyed it? Yes, I enjoyed it. It was just over too fast.
1: (laughs) What like, was it like a sprint or was it? It was a,
0: it was a stadium race. What is a stadium? A it's a it's a sprint it's a five miles but it's stairs like it's the you're running the bleachers at a stadium and okay. this is an angel okay. stadium and so most of the spartan races are a trail races they're out in the mud and dirt and stuff but at stadium races there's no mud okay and a lot of people will say they're easier because there's no mud or wind and stuff like that but you're kind of going up a thousand stairs. So if that's easy, then... And they're steep. Most stadiums have steep stairs. Right. So it's a, yeah, it's a a different type of challenge, but yeah, you definitely don't get dirty. So how did you train for your first race? Did you? Well, I was super intimidated. I wanted to make sure I didn't look stupid, I guess. So I was watching videos on like YouTube and looking at the elite athletes. And so I was running the Culver City stairs that I have, you know, out here in L.A. we have. And then I would I was practicing the the rope climb because I had never climbed a rope before. So I went to the beach in Santa Monica where they have Muscle Beach and they have like they have bars and ropes and rings and stuff. So I was doing stuff there and a bunch of people that are like ninjas on uh, Ninja Warrior or whatever in the ninja community. They go there and hang out. So I learned how to climb the rope with the help of some people. OK.
1: I was wondering, did you just learn how to do that from watching YouTube?
0: People would help me. Like, that's how the community was. They would, they're also very helpful. And, so, uh, and then my friend would go with me, and then we would just, you know, climb the ropes and stuff. And I really focused on the rope climb a lot. And so at that race, there's like 20, maybe 22 obstacles. Out of all the obstacles, the only one I couldn't complete was the rope climb. And I was so pissed because the rope at the, at the, um, at the beach is thicker than the Spartan rope. The Spartan okay. rope, it has a really thin rope. So you really have to rely on technique. Okay. So you know, the bigger rope, you can kind of grab it with your legs or your feet or whatever. And you kind of can just half-ass it, you know, figure it out and muscle your way up. But with a smaller rope, you really have to know a technique to get up there successfully. So how did you
1: progress from your stadium race to other races?
0: Um, Well, from there, I I did a, because I still lived in the city, I still didn't have a car. I did another two expo series and um, I still continued to train and go to the gym. And then I had signed up for another race, a Spartan Sprint that was in Lebec which is one of the hardest terrains in California, I guess, or whatever, in Southern California. And I took my daughter. We're doing the sprint, and my daughter, she wasn't really conditioned for the, the weather conditions. Like, she has asthma, so she was having a hard time breathing, and then we just were going really slow. and. <laughs> Which led to me being bored, which led to me like just playing on the obstacles and showboating. Mm -hmm. That's what led me to my injury. Oh, okay. One of my favorite obstacles is the rings. And at the beach, there's sand and it's nice and soft-ish. So at the end of the rings, I always do a flip off. And so I tried to do the same flip at this location which I also flipped in Anaheim. So you flip, how do you, how do you flip off the rings? I just, at the, on the last two rings, I just hold on and then I do a flip. You're like holding on with your arms. Yeah, I'm still flipping, holding on with my arms. Like a gymnast and, kind of. Yeah, like a flip like that. So at this, in Lebec or whatever, the, these rings are a little bit higher, which I should have paid attention to because normally the rings I go to, I can just reach. And on, at this location, I had to step on a step before I went to the ring. And then the hard, the ground is really hard. It's in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. So I do the flip and like mid flip, I kind of was hesitant. Like I wanted to kind of stop, but I was already in the flip. And when I go down, I land on one leg and pop. My I didn't know what happened, but it hurt. And I knew something was wrong. It, it didn't even sound like one pop. It sounded like multiple pops. Mm-hmm. And then the camera guy was like, this is a good shot, though. <laughs> oh no! I was just like, and then I thought I was okay. I went and sat down, and I rubbed my leg, and I tried to get up. Like I, I sat there for a good, you know, five minutes, and then the guy was like, "Do you want me to call a medic?" I'm like, "No." And so I get up, and I try to walk on it, and my leg just feels like it's going from under me. And I'm right. like, "Oh crap!" Right? So then my daughter, keep mind my daughter is sixteen, so it's not like I'm grabbing onto a little five year old. <laughs> So I, I told her to come so I can hold on to her because I'm only a half mile from the finish line. Like, I'm like, I can do this. I can walk the rest of the way. <laughs> like, uh-huh. we can do this. And I tried it. We walked a few steps and it just did it again. And I was like, no, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Like, it's so they called the medic and they took me to the tent and they checked my leg. They like did the, what is that thing called? The the maneuver where they pull it? The Yeah. Yeah. Lockman's maneuver or whatever. And they did that. To it, and they they assured me my ACL wasn't torn. They're like, you probably just sprained it. You know, ice it, and uh, they told me to take some ibuprofen or something, and then um, told me to go to follow up with my doctor. And I was like, okay. And so I went home, and by the time I got home, my knee was like the size of a cantaloupe, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't move. Like it couldn't. I couldn't move it. I couldn't get out the car, and I live upstairs. And inside of my apartment, I have stairs. It's a townhome, so there's a lot of stairs. So I had to have my neighbors come and bring me up the stairs into my house and also come in the house and bring me up the stairs to my bathroom Okay. And so I could take a shower because I was all muddy and everything from the race. Now my car is muddy. And then I had to crawl to my bed. Like I couldn't move my leg. Yeah. And so the next day I tried to, again, tried to walk because I'm convinced like my leg is, is just a sprain. I should be able to walk. And I actually fall down the stairs. Oh no. So I ended up going to the hospital and sitting there for some hours and they did an X-ray and they told me that I had a tibial plateau avulsion fracture. They Put me in a cast. I always call it the cast up to my ass. It was a cylinder, full leg cylinder cast. Hmm. And then the ortho, orthopedic, I had to follow up with the orthopedic doctor like two days later. And he wasn't convinced that it was not my ACL. ACL. Yeah, he was not convinced at all. So he wanted to do an MRI through the, um, the cast. So he did. And sure enough, my ACL was torn. And he kind of was laughing a little bit at it. He was like, what do you, like, he's like, what'd you do? You thought you were young again or something? And I'm like, I'm not that old. I'm only 35. (laughs) But then he told me, like, I just did a number to my leg. My ACL was fully ruptured. My PCL was uh, sprained. I mean, my MCL was sprained. And then the the tibial plateau fracture was at my PCL. Plus my calf was ruptured. And I had multiple bone contusions and that ain't even, they didn't even note the fact that my ankle was sprained as well. So it was just all, all bad. So it was like, how long am I out? And he's like, for a long time. (laughs) So how soon did you have surgery? That happened in October. I got the cast off in December and I didn't have surgery until February 20th of 2020. Okay. So I had to do prehab to get my range of motion back after the cast just to uh, get into surgery because I wanted to get back as soon as possible. So when you had surgery, they, did your a- they just did your ACL? Uh-huh. Luckily, I had a meniscal tear too, but it was, um, it was in an area that could heal on its own. So it wasn't, I didn't need surgery on that. So they just reconstructed the ACL with bone patella, bone graft. Okay and yeah so how was rehab after that did you have a lot of um knee pain after N- not really not so much i mean right after surgery i was excruciating the first two days i felt like i wished i didn't have the surgery like they didn't once the nerve block thing rubbed off it ran out like oh it was so painful and then i had to try to bend it and all that stuff uh doing the um quad sets and mm-hmm. all the different exercises. I was just, it was so, I, I questioned it a lot at, in the beginning, but then once, you know, after about two weeks, I was fine. Like I was, you know, seeing progress and I got to see my physical therapist one time before COVID shut everything down in LA. Yeah. And that's where it got really, uh, I guess complicated. Cause I didn't have, now I didn't have a physical therapist. Couldn't even see the orthopedic doctor. Uh, because they weren't allowing anybody in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. But I had luckily connected with some people and created a group with one of my friends for all like other knee surgery patients that we all were like talking during this time, giving each other advice. Okay, as far as we have. Yeah. They
1: didn't have any virtual options for
0: therapy at that time? At my hospital that I was going to, not yet. Not yet. They came with later, Mm -hmm. but- I think it was tele, telehealth <laughs> instead. Mm-hmm. so I, I just did what the exercises that were given to me. And then when the physical therapist called me and gave me some exercises, I did those. And okay. I looked stuff up on YouTube and talked to other physical therapists in the DMs.
1: So how that was February of last year? hmm So how did it progress as far as you did your rehab on your own? And what happened next? So
0: I know you had some more surgeries. Ah, what happened next? Okay, I was doing really good on my rehab because I was back to running already. When did you get back to running? Like how far after surgery? That was in May, June, May, June. So about six months? Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Around George Floyd's death, uh, that's when I got back to running, literally like that weekend. Okay. Yeah, I was doing okay, and then I started. I found a gym and was going to, and was started hiking and stuff. But I went to Washington D.C. for the commitment march, uh, the march on Washington. And when I got back from D.C., I noticed my knee was swelling, like it was swollen, and I it would go down, and it just kept re-swelling. So I went to my doctor about this, and they told me to ice it and take naproxen, and I did that, and then. Uh, that was in like August. Mm -hmm. So by September, oh not September, October, I went to Tahoe and did, um, a race out there and my knee got swollen even more. And by the time I got home, my knee busted, not busted, but the swollen part of my knee opened up and pus was coming out of my knee. Oh no. So I go back to the doctor and then he goes and talks to his, uh, superior. And then they just like rushed me into surgery, like the next day. But they go in and they clean it out, and the ACL, the graft is fine or whatever, and they don't see anything really, really wrong with it. And so I go and I start physical therapy all over again. It wasn't as invasive as the ACL reconstruction, so it wasn't as bad, but it swells up again. And so Mm -hmm. they do an MRI and all this stuff. And I told him, I ended up scanning my own knee, and I told him what I saw like, it's not in my knee, it was like close to my tibia like the okay. head of my tibia more mm-hmm. and it was where the incision where the screw was and so ultimately my body was had rejected with the screw thing so they had to take out the screw okay. So i had to have a third surgery to remove the screw <laughs> okay so
1: so after you had your third surgery and you went back to rehab how did that go
0: It it was iffy at first. It was I felt like I was back at the beginning, couldn't move my leg, but yeah, it was stiff. And but now it's loose. And but I didn't lose like quad strength like like the other time. Like the other time, my whole leg just atrophied, and so it's been better. It has ultimately. So since you've been racing recently. Not since the third surgery, no. Not since the third surgery. So,
1: but you're, are you running at all or just walking?
0: I just started back running like literally last week. And does it bother you? Uh, no, before when I would try to run, it would hurt, but now it's, it's okay. I still, I can't run like I could, like I'll stop because it feels like it's starting to give out. Okay. Like I can only do short distances. Okay.
1: So you need another surgery though.
0: Um, yes, they feel that there's still remnants of the screw there, so they want to go back in and so we're gonna do that later on in the year,
1: but you're trying to keep on racing as much as you can.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, within limitations, right, I'm not gonna you know go do anything super long distance or whatever, but yeah, I'm gonna stay active.
1: So through this whole process, how have you kept your determination? How have you like not? let these injuries and the fact that you can't do what you love and with COVID and everything else going on in the world, bring you down.
0: Oddly podcasts have played a crucial role in that because I use fitness and running to get to like escape my problems so much that I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. And so when that was taken away from me, it was like sitting on a couch next to my demon like I had to face that. And I started listening to podcasts and listening to people's stories of, you know, overcoming adversity. And it helped me a lot. And as I talked to people online, since COVID was going on, I learned a lot about other people and their stories inspired me to keep me going. So that's how I ended up starting my podcast, because I wanted to share these regular people's stories, because it's easy to look at, a celebrity story of overcoming and getting rich and doing all this and be like, Oh, that's inspirational. But I mean, it's kind of, it doesn't seem that achievable, but when you see somebody that's literally in your predicament that looks like you, or, you know, that's going through something that you've went through and you see them overcome, it, it it's more relatable. It makes you feel more like it's achievable. So I wanted to bring that to other people because Like I looked at one of the first people I looked up or found when I was looking up ACL injuries was Jessie Graff, who is a American Ninja Warrior. She's one of the most famous female ninjas. And uh, she's a stunt woman. She started training for ninja while she was recovering from an ACL injury. (laughs) And she had two ACL surgeries and she's still a ninja. And now she's had three actually. So her story inspired me like, oh my God, you know, my whole, you know, dreams haven't been shattered. I can still do this and i actually met her in january of 2020 at a fitness expo so it was odd but i mean it was it was amazing the day i met her though was the day that kobe died so it was really a sad day but it was an amazing day for me cuz i got to meet her so i found other people who you know inspired me as well like an athlete that i interviewed named amy palmero winters she is a ultra marathoner who runs with a prosthetic leg, but she's broken so many records doing that. And like how just, you know, me having an ACL injury, ain't nothing compared to that. Like if she can do that, mm-hmm. I can, I can, you know, do a lot. What's the name of your podcast? Um, that podcast mm-hmm. is Unrelenting Humans. And on that podcast, I specifically interview or tell the stories of people overcoming physical adversity and mental adversity. So like adaptive athletes, injured athletes, mental health, people with mental health problems or intellectual disabilities, I tell their stories of how they overcome. And usually, you know, they're athletes in sports, but occasionally I have people that aren't athletes that just work with athletes or something.
1: And when did you start that podcast?
0: I started that podcast, I want to say... It was like right after my surgery. I want to say March, maybe April, April of 2020. Okay. So, and you also have another podcast. Yes. And what the idea came for that one? Yes. Okay. This is my new baby, uh, Black with Endurance. It took a while because I always wanted to do something like it or whatever for a while after I spoke at on a panel for Spartan uh, about diversity and leadership. And so I just was afraid, to be honest, to do it because of, I didn't want people to feel offended or excluded because of it being a podcast just about Black athletes. But I realized a lot of people are afraid of that or afraid to say what it, exactly what it is. Like Black athletes are excluded out of a lot of things and aren't represented enough. So I wanted to really highlight black athletes and endurance sports because I didn't even learn about endurance sports until I hurt myself. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I've been running most of my life. <laughs> and just like Spartan, like that's not I didn't learn about that because I live in L.A. Like I learned about that because I went out to Orange County to a more predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then. So it's like, you guys aren't marketing to the Black people. So how can I get more Black people involved? Mm-hmm. Especially, I don't know what I can do. Like, I'm not, I don't work at these, for these companies. I'm not a huge entertainer or an athlete. I don't have that much pool, but I have these, these, these outlets, these podcasts. I have my Instagram or whatever, my social media. So what can I do there? And so- Slowly but surely, we birthed Black with endurance. So how did you connect with Coach Solomon? Uh, I met Coach originally in our, a group on Facebook called Black Spartans. Okay. And I interviewed him for Unrelenting Humans. He told me his, his weight loss journey, and he um, had did his first century ride during COVID. And I thought that was dope. So I wanted to you know, hear more about that story. and. It oddly didn't really fit in my podcast for Unrelenting Humans. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do? Like, I want to do more stories like this, but I don't want to. Do I share the plat- the the one podcast? Mm-hmm. And then I decided like, no, I'm just going to do a totally different one. And then I felt like I need a co-host. For the other podcast, I've always was struggling to get guests on. And it's like, if I don't have a guest, I want someone to talk to about stuff. And okay. so I just uh, put an ad or a post in black Spartans and asked if anybody wanted to co-host with me and he didn't even respond. Somebody else suggested him. Okay. And I already had knew him. So I was like, let me ask him. So (laughs) I asked him and he was honored. He wanted to do it. And we like literally started it the next week. Okay. So interesting question. What
1: are, for both your podcasts, who would be your like dream guest to interview? That is tough. Season two, I will start a new series called Ask the Doc. If you have questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, please send me a voicemail. Go to my website at www.weouilife.com. Dot com, click on the tab, voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the episode. Who would be your, like, dream guest to interview?
0: That is tough. For, for Unrelenting Humans, I've always imagined interviewing Jesse Graff, for one thing. Why her? The inspiration she gave me with her ACL okay. recovery, her journey. But for Black with Endurance, sheesh, that's tough. I know for sure. I wanna, I wanna interview Seek Henry. Like, if anybody can make that happen, you know, <laughs> send her a DM. Send me a DM. <laughs> well, I'm
1: interviewing her at the end of the month. So
0: really? Oh <laughs> wow, that's so dope. I'm like other other athletes. I, I really I don't know who I would want. I really have to think about that because I, I want everybody. I want everybody from, you know, the high school athletes to Olympic athletes, anybody like I, I'll have LeBron James on there. Come on. <laughs> so
1: tell me about you have a nonprofit as well. Tell me about that.
0: Uh, me and my partner. Well, she's the founder of this nonprofit. I'm the director. It's called Rock Era. Rock stands for Regardless of Color. Mm-hmm. We are dedicated to enriching and empowering the youth in the Black and Brown communities. Right now, we're working out here in Watts, which that just happened by chance. We didn't really plan on it, but um, so we're working with the Watts Empowerment Center and the Jordan Downs Community. In Watts and we are bringing a program called w- uh, rock kids to them to help the kids with, we ultimately want to help the kids with distant learning, but we don't have permission to do that yet with COVID restrictions. So mm-hmm. we kind of bring them school supplies and we brought them clothes and food for the holidays and gave them gifts for Christmas. And now we're about to start a little activity outdoors to do physical fitness with them. And eventually that's going to turn into a performing arts program. Uh, we just want to expose these kids to more things that they don't get to see. So an OCR camp is going to be in that too, that I'm going to be heading teaching these kids about OCR and endurance sports. So that's going to be dope, but I'm not sure if I left anything out. <laughs> okay.
1: And the, the students are from a particular school or how do you, how do you get your
0: students? Um, well, the Jordan dance community and the, the Watts Empowerment Center, they are located in uh, the projects here in Watts. Okay. So that's basically the kids that we're working with, the most underserved youth. Okay.
1: So you mentioned Ninja Warriors. Tell me about you're going to be on the next season. Is that correct?
0: Yes. I, I got the call, as they say. <laughs> and um, that was by chance, because I've always said, like, I've watched the show and I'm like, I would love to do that. I want to be on that show and stuff like that. And then after I saw, you know, Jesse Graft, I was a little more, I guess, serious about it. I'm like, yeah, I really want to do it. And someone contacted me and asked me if I was interested in the show. And I'm like, hell yeah. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I found out it was literally like the day before the videos had to go in, like the last day you could even put your application in. So I spent the day doing the application and then I shot a video that wasn't the greatest video in the world, but I did everything I could with the pizzazz I could do on my iPhone Mm -hmm. and telling my story. And then sure enough, about a week or two ago, they called me telling me that I am going to be on the next season of American Ninja Warrior. So I I'm excited about that. That is, I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, but whatever it is, I don't I don't care if I don't make it to the end. It, the opportunity alone is just freaking amazing. It's incredible.
1: So the application process. It was a video, and you just filled out an application. How how was it intensive?
0: Uh, it was a really long application, and the video was you know, you have to kind of show your ninja skills. And so with COVID, all the ninja gyms are closed, like in LA. And I only had one day to do this. I didn't know they had such things called ninja gyms. There are different things they have, like, I don't even know. They're different types of facilities, but they have like obstacles in them. Okay. People like they have gymnastics places and some people do like parkour and, OCR gyms but they're around somewhere you got to find them though they're hard to find okay (laughs) and so but yeah all of them are closed in LA so I couldn't go there I didn't know where to go so I ended up doing something outdoors and you know swinging on monkey bars and doing these lache jumps and you know climbing on stuff what's a lache jump it it's like a really wide monkey bar that let's say it's monkey bars and then the lache is like maybe six feet so, you jump from one bar six feet across to the next bar. Like okay. you swing and then you let go and you land on the other bar. Like okay, okay, okay. It's kind of gymnastics y, I guess.
1: Sounds like it. So, doing with their season on Ninja Wars. So, it's, uh, how many contestants do they have and how do they eliminate people for people who might not familiar with
0: Ninja Wars? I'm not even sure how many. Contestants, they have to start off with because they don't even put them all on the on the show. All of them don't even make it.
1: Okay.
0: So they have a qualifying round. Well, that's the first round, which is televised, and okay. you get—I'm not sure how many, but the top twelve, I believe, the top twelve men and women uh go to the next round, and then mm-hmm. the top twelve of that round go to the finals. I believe.
1: Okay. And it's all televised. Yep. Yeah. It's not live, I mean, so they'll film it now and they'll probably air it like next year, yeah. Basically,
0: no, it'll it'll air, I believe, in the fall, September. So we can check you out on
1: Ninja Wars in the fall, yes,
0: definitely. If you follow (laughs) me, then I'll I'll definitely keep you guys updated. I have a
1: question though to say if you go this round and you let's say you're eliminated early, can you do it again, like another
0: season? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You can apply as many whatever okay. seasons as you want. There's people that go on multiple seasons and don't win, but hopefully I, I make it far. My other thing I wanna do, which also came after I, I injured myself, is I wanted to complete a triathlon. I haven't got in depth of like how far that's gonna go. Right now I wanna try mm-hmm. it. I don't know if I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna do a whole Iron Man yet. <laughs>
1: Well, one step at a time. I started with the indoor try. That was my first try because I couldn't swim that well.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, that's a, the intimidating part. Like I've heard so many stories and I was like, uh. If you can swing from ropes and stuff, you can you can do that. <laughs> that took a while because I used to be I was afraid of heights. So my first time trying to climb the rope, I like jumped on the rope and I just sat there like I was clenching the rope for dear life. <laughs> like to see who I am now and to see who I was before, like it's just crazy, two different people. But I'm sure, I guess I would be the same way with swimming once I get in. The, like I could swim in a pool, but I have no idea what it would be like swimming in the ocean or open water. Let's just do it. Uh, although,
1: yeah, just do it. But I would start ocean. I wouldn't start with an ocean tribe. I would try more common water. Once well, you p- progress your way up. Yeah.
0: That's, that's what I, I want to do. I don't, I, I don't want to try something that's so tough that if I fail, it's going to like intimidate me from trying again. I want to try something that might be easy and complete it just to get my feet wet. And then once I do that, I'll be like, okay, I'll try more or I'll do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you can, you
1: can swim. I started with, I did a duathlon first because I couldn't mm-hmm. swim just to get me into the idea of doing a multi-sport event. And then after I learned how to swim, I did the indoor. I think I did two indoor tries. And then I did an easy try. People were very supportive. Oh, yeah. And then I kind of progressed from there. How many have you done? I've done two indoor. I've done two sprints. Two. Yes, I've done two Olympic, three 70.3 half distance. I had one DNF with the seventy point three and ended up in a medical tent. Then I've done one Iron
0: Man. Sheesh! See, yeah, you know, I'm gonna try to get there.
1: <laughs> you can ask if you could do this ninja War. See, so that was I don't know that would freak me out. The whole what well, I've, I've tried. Well, they not know. I haven't tried. out. I, I was injured once and I went with my friends who I ran with. They did. Now, this was some type of obstacle course racing, and I saw the, all the mud everywhere. One of my friend had mud in his teeth, and I was like, "I don't know if this is for me." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Didn't they? They really didn't have real showers. It was like a hose."
0: Right. They tell you to like, change clothes because <laughs> yeah, that day, that one day, I was just stuck in muddy clothes. But I'm like, when we're kids, we get money. We don't care. It was... I don't think I was when I, when I was a kid. I no. Got <laughs>
1: I mean, I ran outside and stuff, but I didn't really. Maybe we made little mud pot, you know, cakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really get mud on me, my hands maybe, but not just. I was a little prissy. Up yeah,
0: no, my sister's like that, and her and you could see it like in her son, like her kids. They're like really, they really care about their appearance, and like if they have a shirt on and it gets a stain on it, they go nuts. And my kids are just kind of like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what is that on your shirt they're gonna be like what
1: I'm like I don't know mud blood you know, no I mean I played out I mean and I used to get hurt I like I got cut with barbed wire fence and stuff but I don't think I like being even now I mean I don't mind sweating but I don't really but, do like the mud. yeah
0: no that's a big one and that's why it's like I was uh telling Spartan I was like you, you guys should have more obstacle course races in the city like away from the dirt and the mud and you'll get more Diversity. Yeah, I might try it. Although I'm clumsy. I'm scared I'm gonna hurt myself and not be able to do. You can always skip an obstacle if it seems dangerous or something. Like like with me, if I, I were to do one right now, I would have to skip some of the stuff because I'm not gonna land on my knee right now. Like Yeah, you don't
1: wanna hurt yourself, no, especially right before the ninja right. war. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any last minute words of advice for encouragement for my listeners out there who
0: Have been injured or who want to try obstacle course racing? I would say just, I mean, go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? And well, when it comes to trying an obstacle course race, like it's great to experience different things. And it feels like literally being a kid again. So let your inner kid out and just go for it. Like have fun doing it. Don't take it too seriously. Don't think about it too much. Hard things are what make us, like they give us character. They build our character. And for people recovering from injuries, it is tough. That I can't downplay, but we are tougher. And that is the point of these challenges, these obstacles. They are so we can prove to ourselves how tough we are. And there is always someone who has it worse. And you have to be grateful for what you do have and still you know, work hard to get back to where you want to be. Like, don't ever give up. Like a lot of people, they think, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Or they just want to be hurt or they're just hurt and get depressed. That's easy. It is hard to actually ask for help and to push yourself to do better, to get better. Like it takes work. But you can do it regardless. And if you need to reach out, reach out. There are multiple groups. There are, with freaking technology now, there's groups on Facebook. You can find people on Instagram. You can go to different websites that have free mental health services. So take it a day at a time and don't give up on yourself.
1: Great words of advice. Where can people find you? Regarding your podcast, Instagram.
0: Well, you can check me out on evolutionoflonnie.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at evolution underscore of underscore Lonnie. And uh my podcast is Black with Endurance and Unrelenting Humans. The Instagram pages are there and all the links are in the bios of each page. Great way to contact me. I'm more active on Instagram than any other platform. So if you send me a friend request on Facebook and I don't see it, <laughs> don't don't be mad. It's just I'm just not on there. So I will
1: include your links in my show notes awesome. so people can get in touch with you as well. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, Please email Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy O L V Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Run is it, Cheaper Than Therapy. Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.